Okay, we are back and we are live. Hey guys, welcome back to the Internet World Order podcast. I'm Austin Cook, joined by my co-host Caleb Mecklemore, and we are back from our little mini hiatus that we had the previous week, and we are excited to talk about something relatively brand new, but it's called the Sega Genesis Mini. Yes, and it is near and dear to my heart just because the Sega Genesis was the first console I ever played on, so to get to revisit it, and it's pretty much all of its glory, including the three-button controller which we may or may not get to and talk about that was a trip for me. So I'm so happy to get to talk about this. Yeah, this is really exciting for both of us. I was, well, a small child when this thing came around. So <laughs> it's it's more of a throwback for me because I started on like the GameCube. That was like my first ever game that I got was uh, Sonic Adventures 2, which if you guys have never played that, it's a lot of fun. It's one of the best Sonic games ever, and I'm willing to die on that hill. <laughs> fair mainly because it introduced shadow and even as a kid i was like oh he's so cool and like menacing and edgy and then i realized that like that i was like oh gosh what am i turning into <laughs> i'm like oh. five years old and i'm like oh he's so cool oh no they knew what they were doing when they made him oh they knew exactly what they were doing but they probably didn't think it would appeal to me i was like six <laughs> <laughs> that's fair like, but hey it works now he's stuck with us for life exactly but yeah we're uh here to talk about this it's a new system that sega created well not a new system but <laughs> it's basically a rendition of what they had made previously and they just put it into a little mini form because for a lot of people who were growing up in the time when video games were starting to develop and become like a new thing video games Actually, like old video games don't take up that much memory space. So you look at games now, like I think Red Dead Redemption 2 had somewhere in the ballpark of like 222 gigabyte, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, when I downloaded that on my Xbox, it was just like I looked at the download time and I was like, well, I'll come back in three days. Yeah, I can play this next week when it's done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been fun, but good Lord, that file size. Yeah, and it, it, it's cool because you look at it now and like the thing with video games is that video games have advanced to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, like, come on, like they're almost lifelike. It's kind of crazy. And mm -hmm. I love that because it's, you know, it looks, you know, look at how far we've come. Look at what we can do with technology now. But there's still the charm of like the old Sega Genesis and the old games they have on it, which it's a small little thing. It's probably about the size of like a smashed ham sandwich, which is a strange comparison, but <laughs> I'm going to stick to it. And it comes Go with, with it. Uh, 42 games, yes. 42 different games on it. And Caleb and I wanted to talk about some of the ones that we've played, some of the ones that are on here that, I mean, I was kind of surprised when I first bought this system. And Caleb, I would like for you to lead the way on this. I'd like for you to talk about, I know what you're going to talk about. So <laughs> you go ahead and get started. Well, it depends. There's uh, three different directions I could go, but... Uh, a lot of the games, because I pulled up a list here so I could keep track of uh, what they have. And so we played some of the things on here because obviously they have some uh, shooters like uh, they had like Contra, which of course, and both of us got reminded of how ridiculously hard that game is because we couldn't even get through the first <laughs> level. <laughs> and uh, which there's a part of me, I was like, you know, 
seven-year-old me would be kicking my butt right now for struggling on this. Because <laughs> like, I, I remember being much better at this game than a kid than I am now. But uh, the one game I was surprised, but it was a pleasantly surprise that it was on here, was uh, Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> yeah and uh exactly seriously that, that... i'm sorry no you're good uh no no it's because i love that game as a kid because like i was obsessed with things like tetris and dr mario so that game was phenomenal since it was much just like that and i didn't think they would include this on the system because the game is literally they took this other game that exists it's called Poyo Poyo. they just reskinned it and went you know what we're gonna take all the characters and just reskin them with characters from the drawing of the uh, Saturday morning cartoon version of Sonic the Hedgehog where Steve Urkel's the voice of Sonic. And I was like, there's no way they'd put this on the mini console because, you know, rights issues. But nope, they put it on there. And I was like, that's awesome. Because I didn't think for a second they would even acknowledge this game because it's such... Your laughter exactly kind of sums up how most people view it. And... So it was really cool. Like, I actually get to go back and play that through legal means. And uh, but besides that, I will say part of the hardest laugh we had playing it, because the game we had the most fun on, we'll get to there in a minute. Part of the hardest laugh both of us had was my little, try and pull it up here so I can remember the name of it. Uh, it was that biker, it was that biking uh, <laughs> racing game. Yep, I'm uh, I'm looking at Road, Road Rash. Rash 2. Yeah, we had yes. Road Rash 2. Yeah, and the hardest we laughed, because I did not know as I'm playing this, if you hit something, you go flying. They launch you across the map, and, like, I wasn't expecting that, because I was like, oh, you'll probably, like, do, like, the normal, like, video game thing where it's, like, you blink a little bit, and then, like, you slowly kind of, like, die, and then you got launched. <laughs> yeah, and I have to go waddle back because, you know, it's 16-bit, so they can't do walking animation just yet. And so I'm waddling back to the freaking bike. <laughs> Which is like, most... you're basically invincible for this entire game. It's just, they just, for lack of a better word, they just yeet you. Which for <laughs> it, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what that means, it means you basically get catapulted. Like, you just oh, yeah. get thrown across the screen. And it's hilarious. <laughs> oh it was phenomenal it's one of those things of like it's so ridiculous you just can't help but laugh right and hmm? right go ahead oh uh-huh. but uh well no yeah which is like i said some a bunch of these games i didn't know a ton about because like i said i i played on the genesis a ton because it was a system that my sisters had when i got older i quickly got my first system that I personally owned was an N64. So a lot of these games I wasn't too familiar with. Like, uh, there was a, a fighting game on here. I can't see it right now that we tried. And obviously, it doesn't really come with a manual. Eternal so Champions. To, Eternal Champions. We were trying to figure out how to do the moves. That was fun. <laughs> and one of my favorite things about that game is, like, I had known about it originally because it was basically, like, Sega's answer to uh, Mortal Kombat which basically took the world by storm and is essentially responsible for like the ESRB rating system along with some other games. Like it's not solely, but it it probably did like 90% of the work. Yeah. It was, they would like consistently use the frame of like sub zero ripping a dude's head off with the spine still attached. Mm -hmm. And which I mean, yeah, that's pretty bad. 
I'm not going to lie to you. But... Yeah, when you go from <laughs> Mario to that, it's like, well... <laughs> it's a bit of a leap. And <laughs> I, I loved this game because we neither of us had any idea what we were doing, but like it took maybe like a couple minutes for us to learn. At that point, it was fun. Oh, yeah. But it's like it's fun because it's like you have to learn the game yourself, which it makes it, you know, a little bit more like when you look at it in like the way of like, yeah, some of these games were also like designed for you to continue to play them specifically that you would just continue to get frustrated and frustrated and frustrated until you finally learn stuff. And because the Internet was not really a thing, really. Yeah, you had to learn on your own or like you heard like, well, I heard from a friend, from a friend, from a friend's uncle that if you do this, this happens. Right. That's the only way you knew how to do anything. Yeah, you, you really it's it's a lot of it's like a network building thing of like you either learn yourself on accident or you just get super angry and like find someone who does know. (laughs) because you've given up which like after about like five games i was just like i need to learn how to like do some of these moves because they have like a a fatality ripoff in there all of which are horrifying i've seen them (laughs) especially for a 90s game i was like oh uh, 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 oh oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) like you'd be surprised but like it's so funny like how far we've come with that and like another game on here actually uh that i wanted to talk about that I don't know. I think we kind of glossed over it a little bit, but Castlevania Bloodlines. Have you played that one, Caleb? I have not. To be, there are some series and franchises that it's not that I didn't want to play them. I just I got caught up playing other things, so mm-hmm. I never got around to playing them. So like two franchises would be like Mega Man and Castlevania, because mm-hmm. I just got caught up playing other stuff. So when it comes to my knowledge of that, it's next to none. Right, right. And I think that like I this is one of those games that I didn't actually really know a whole lot about when we first went in. I am a big Castlevania fan. I've watched the entire series. And if you guys haven't seen that, it's on Netflix. It's uh, it's really good. It is good. <laughs> it's very uh, a lot of people kind of give a hard like a hard time to video game adaptations, usually because it's you know, there's a dramatic difference between what the intention of the game is and what makes the game good versus what can work in a movie format. Cause video games are a very, very different medium. Mm-hmm. And as time goes, like time has gone on and people are like, okay, like you can make a video game adaptation now that can fit the theme of it, but it also works better in TV shows because it's better as like a long form system. So when they saw Castlevania, I think it was originally supposed to be, just like a two hour movie or maybe like two hours on Netflix, but they changed that, which is really good because now we get to see, we get to like live with these characters and understand these characters. And it's really, really good. But Castlevania bloodlines is the one that I think is set uh, in the early 18, like early 1900s, late 1800s, because the Castlevania series takes place from like 1400 to like 2033 or like way past that like into the future but oh my gosh it's so much fun yeah (laughs) it's hard it's really difficult like it's i mean it's no contra but (laughs) (laughs) you you actually get like a couple lives that aren't immediately lost like you can retry sometimes but they they make you work for it (laughs) you can't that is the big thing i've been relearning playing these 
yeah, there's a lot of these games like people are like, oh, well, you know, the graphics are this and that. Like, you know, it's not even really that great. But like you go, go you go back and play them and they're hard. Like they're harder than most any game I played today that isn't called Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> I like I was almost pulling my hair out at one point because I kept dying on this one part and it would start me over. And I was just like, dude, you're <laughs> like, right. I'm getting so mad at this floating eyeball that just oh, keeps dude. taking away my life. <laughs> Don't get me started on it because I, I saw on here, like, you know, Earthworm Jim is on here. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on how angry I would get at that game. Oh, that I am. I haven't even opened that one yet because. <sighs> and then, I mean, and even some games where I can at least progress a little bit. It's like, congratulations, you beat two levels. Now get ready to die. And I'm looking <laughs> at you, Golden Axe. Oh, my gosh, dude. I <laughs> I made the mistake I'm... of playing that game blind. And I was like, all right, here we go. You I was like, poor soul. This can't be too bad. And then I went in and I just got everything just pushed in. I got folded up into a little box and then <laughs> overnight shipped back to my home where I could suck on my thumb. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. It was a but hard, so, hard lesson. But the, the the thing about these, though, that I like a lot was because there's I know a lot of people because I mean, oh, my gosh, talk about a debate that will never go away. Is people going, well, games were so much harder back then than now. I was like, OK, look there's a reason it's because most of these games are not that long. So they had to make each level unbearably hard. So by the time you did beat it, you wouldn't realize, Oh, this game only has three levels. I would say it almost takes longer just to beat a lot of these games. Anyway, it's like, you're like, Oh, five stages. That's nothing. And then you get out there and you're like, Oh, uh, Oh, (laughs) exactly. You learn the lesson the hard way. Exactly. And some of these games, I mean, some are, like I would say like Earthworm Jim is like hard, but you understand why you lost and like for, and so you know how to get better. Same with golden ax others. And they're not on this list luckily, but there's a plenty of NES and super NES and uh, Genesis games, but they're just unfair. Like the game will just kill you like altered beast. Yes. Or like any game. metal slug game. I hate that game. I hate it so much. <laughs> it makes me so angry. <laughs> But speaking of uh, having being held back, as much as I do have a love and affinity for the Genesis, because it'll always be tied to my childhood, because like the first three games I ever played was Sonic 2, Street Fighter 2, and the Aladdin video game. Uh, it's a weird combination. I'm not gonna lie. It's to what you. my it's what my family had. <laughs> Look, I'm when you're when you're three and your sisters are telling you how to do charge moves with you know Bison or Chun Li, you don't question it. But um. Uh, we learned one of the limitations with, cause you know, I mentioned earlier about the three button controller mm-hmm. and that limitation made itself so abundantly clear with street fighter. Cause <sighs> we played it. Cause I know I love that game. I mean, I've, it's almost embarrassing for me to admit how many times I've basically have bought street fighter two over the years. And, um, cause whenever they do a repackaging or like, this is the 15th anniversary, I have the 30th anniversary sitting you know, buy my Xbox. Like, I love the game, but just because those that don't know, Street Fighter is a Capcom game. Capcom does six button fighters most of the time. I have great news for you. I have really great news for you. Oh, I I, know. I have eight button controllers now. So <sighs> next time we like play the Sega Genesis. Oh, you're going to be so excited. <laughs> I'm, I am excited just to hear that. And the reason why that's such good news, people, is because 
in a six button fighter, the way it works is one button does a light punch, one button does medium, one button does heavy. And there's three buttons for punches, three buttons for kicks. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Because even on the Super Nintendo controller, using the two bumpers, you had those six buttons. Sega Genesis only had the three. And you had to press the start button to switch between punches and kicks. You made me so angry. (laughs) Exactly. And I know if you've never experienced and had to deal with this limitation, you don't understand how much it messes with how you play. And it's just, it's just one of those things that reminded me of like, well, as much as I am a Sega fanboy, I got to admit, that's where Nintendo did it better. That's why I'm happy you got the eight button controller. So that will no longer be an issue. Oh, I know. Like I opened them and I actually used them the other day when I was playing out a couple games, but I really, really just felt the difference. Like most of them don't need it though. Oh yeah, no, exactly. It was one of those things of, uh, most of the games are just fine because you only need like two, three buttons to make them work at all. But the ones where you need the extra buttons, you feel the difference. Oh, it's rapidly, rapidly like so, <laughs> so maddening when you're trying to do something and you know that you can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's and also, there in front of you. Yeah, and good luck trying to do a combo, especially people out there. Because I know Street Fighter 2, especially the version they had, it's called like the special edition, which was, I guess, like a special version of, of Champion Edition, which basically meant you had the... Uh, you had the base 12, you had the eight world warriors and you had the four bosses. It's, it's before super turbo came out where you got the four more characters, which is weird. They didn't just do that version. So you could have all 12, but whatever. And, uh, it's just, it's not a very combo heavy game, right? But good luck trying to, cause some combos you have to like punch and kick and do, and do a special. Good luck trying to switch between punch and kick when you got to press start in between that. Yeah, no, you'll you'll get whooped. But thankfully, we have that problem solved now. And yeah. I, I just want to bring it up because it's one of those like some problems from the past need to stay in the past. Yes. Some people are like, oh, video games were so much better back then. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you ever yeah. tried playing some of these games with like a, a three button controller? Because it is absolutely maddening and I hate it. Yeah. Um, but speaking of one of those games that I actually really liked playing uh, that you and I didn't get to play together, but uh, the game Strider, where it has like the dude on the front. Who oh, yeah. does not look like he fits in at all. <laughs> <laughs> they have like this guy. They're like, hey, put on this purple skin tight suit and then hold the sword. And he's like, cool. Is, is there anything else you need from me? They're like, uh, look like you're jumping. And it looks like he's just like hobbling on one foot when they take a photo oh, of him. It's right up there with that Mega Man box art from like the very first game where it's like some fat dude wearing, holding a gun. And you're like, what? <laughs> right? They're like, we, we're working with what we got, okay? And this, Do better. <laughs> this game's really fun, though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was, um, it kind of surprised me because like a lot of these games are super limited. Like one mm-hmm. of the things I've learned from playing a lot of these games is that like, we have come such a long way compared oh, yeah. to where we were with a lot of these games. And the thing I love about Strider is that it's a little bit more complicated in terms of what it offers for like the play, because for most platformers, it's like you move, you jump up and down, you do stuff. 
and you only have like one plane of doing thing. Whereas with Strider, mm-hmm. you can jump like under objects. You can jump and like hang on stuff and like flip around or like flip back and forth and like do flies and like do like reverse attacks facing backwards. It's a lot of fun. And it was one of the more like, you know, when we talk about limitations, it's like this game kind of broke that a little bit because it allowed you to play outside of the realm of just like move forward, back up, down. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, for sure. No, no, I I gotcha. And just like, oh, it's why Strider immediately was endeared to everyone. And it's it's another Capcom game uh, because I know it's like we're talking about that company a lot, but it's like in the 90s. Capcom was the gold standard of like, besides like Nintendo and Sega pumping out their own titles. Like Capcom was right up there with like Konami, which is saying something compared to where Konami is now. But uh, Strider was just a, such a unique game, mm-hmm. and it's why to this day he he's still just so. It's like every time there's a Capcom like crossover fighter, Strider's in it. Yep, because and people don't consider it a good crossover game unless he's in it. And uh, I think even recently, like, no, like uh, four years ago, a new Strider game came out that's uh, similar in a lot of ways to the very first game that you were playing, but obviously update with modern stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that, because especially because uh, I'm looking at the list here on my computer, it tells you the year they came out. It's crazy to think that Strider came out in 1989. That is weird. <laughs> I thought it was like I mean f- when I played it it felt like more of a it looked and felt like more of an actual like mid 90s game that was kind of like you know, it, it felt like it was advancing ahead of the like ahead of the the curve where they were at and like what they were doing but then again right. like that was like two years before Mortal Kombat 4 which is like the first 3D game that they had in the series because yeah. like that was when it was starting to like really become more of a thing at the time Right, though, uh, you talk about games that are limited by their time. Oh man, they are limited. Uh, I don't think you saw when I was trying to play. I tried to play for a few seconds, and I was like, "I'm out." You're like, "Nope." Uh, <laughs> and it was Virtual Fighter Two. Oh gosh, yeah, because <laughs> it, it is. And now, Virtual Fighter as a series. Now, before anyone gets angry, it is a good fighting game franchise. It's one of the best, even though it it is probably probably the most underappreciated. But uh, at this time, the superior version was to go play it in the arcade because what was on the console where you have two just pixelated guys like kind of moving to each other. Almost looked on because they're trying to make it look like there's actually like a, a movement and flow with how they moved. But, you know, <laughs> because it's a bunch of pixels moving, it looked like I was watching like a blob that made itself look like a human right it was kind of uncomfortable i tried playing it too and yeah <laughs> oh boy yeah. <laughs> That's all don't I can get me say. wrong yeah if they ever make a sake if they ever make a sega saturn mini that has virtual fighter i think three is on there i think virtual fighter 2 is also on there like but just done up better world i mean obviously the graphics have aged poorly but the gameplay is so much better you can actually be you can actually ignore the graphics and just focus on how well it plays I know. And we'll, we'll eventually talk about like kind of what we want to see in the future, but like, that's really interesting. You brought that up. Speaking of games on here, I think that like, well, I know there's some that we liked and some that we were like, ah, we'll come back to this for sure. 
I think we should talk about Streets of Rage 2 finally. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was so fun. I, I've been, it's actually been a long time since I've played a really good, like, beat em up. Like, and I forgot how good Streets of Rage is. And just uh, us having a bot one, us figuring out that there's actually like a combo system and everything else that we had to figure out. And like, if you do this, your character does that. And there's grapples. And of course, us figuring out that there's friendly fire. So us trying not to kill each other constantly was also a challenge. Yeah, learning the hard way, which this game gives you no warning. They're just like, do, <laughs> do stuff. And I'm You'll like, figure it okay. out. Okay. And, like, one of the moves that you do, one of the attacks that you have, like, hurts you. So it was all I was doing at first, and then I looked at my health bar, and I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> I've taken a real beating here because I had to do that move. Because mm-hmm. apparently it's, like, a desperation move, and I was just like, oh, this is my main hit. So I'm just literally throwing myself to the wolves, yeah. <laughs> losing well, every time. Yeah, but once we figured that out, man, we were having a ball with it. Oh, it's the best. It's the most fun game on here that we've had. And this is the same game that has Sonic and Sonic 2. Yes. And oh. it just kind of, it was just, I guess a little side joke. Cause like, it was just, it was funny. Cause before we played Streets of Rage 2, cause uh, I got, I have Streets of Rage 4, which just recently came out. And I bring this up. Cause it's just funny. Cause you were playing uh, max was like the big, wrestler so he's a big grappler he doesn't he doesn't move as fast but his punches hurt way more and i'm playing streets of rage 4 and you're going through it and playing it and you still have that desperation move but now you can actually get that health back because it's like yeah like it it takes your health down and you see it like faded out a little bit and it tells you go punch people and your health comes back that you lost from doing that move what but if they but if they punch you you lose it so it gives you an incentive to like be strategic and get your health back. It's way That's more in- fun. Yeah, but the, the I bring this up because one of the bosses of the game, uh, I guess the main bad guy, they had brainwashed Max, mm-hmm. and you had to fight him. And because I had just recently played Streets of Rage two with you, I was like, oh, don't make me do this. I don't want to <laughs> fight you. <laughs> hey man, remember who you are. <laughs> oh that's so cheesy i love it (laughs) Uh, i was like wait why am i having an emotional moment with this what is going on dude this game okay so like i really like you know i'm a big fighting game guy and Mm -hmm. for me like when i first saw this i was like okay this is gonna be like a little bit of a change because like it kind of reminded me the old simpsons game that they had of a bunch of arcades they probably still have it yeah, it's the same um, genre, so that makes sense. Yeah. Same genre, but like I was more used to the Simpsons one because I think that my parents saw that and they're like, "Yeah, you can you can have four quarters for that one." And right. then they'd see like Streets of Rage, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't think my eight year old son <laughs> should be playing Streets of Rage." <laughs> you know, when you, when you look at it now, you're like, "Oh, this is nothing." Like this yeah. this game is literally like pretty harmless, but like you have dudes like it's so fun because it's just like you pick up, you're like, "Wait, is that a bat? Mm-hmm. Is that a pipe?" And you're <laughs> like, why are you letting me do this? And it, <laughs> I just had a great time with it because it was, even though there's like a little bit of a curve, like I still felt like I was actually like getting progressively better as time went on instead of just getting progressively more angry. Those are the best kind of games too, that like you're dying, but you feel like you're being rewarded and you're like, wait, this is getting better. Cause I think we got, when we finally both were dead, 
and we had no more continues. I think we only had a couple more levels left. And yeah. That felt really nice because it's like, oh, this means if we were to play it again, we could probably beat the game now that we know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we could probably like, granted, it was it was pretty hard, but yeah. <laughs> if we got to like stage seven on our first time, I know for a fact we could beat it because like we weren't getting frustrated at all. And oh. one of my big problems when I play games is that I get very angry when things don't go my way. Like not like <laughs> not like horribly angry, but like I get very like flustered at the game and I'm just like No, I understand. I get all bitter. <laughs> yeah. It's super it's not a good like game playing trait. I'm just like grumble grumble at the game that beat me. And then I remember that it's literally just a game. But <laughs> the fun thing about Streets of Rage 2 was like it was the perfect balance of like, yeah, things are getting harder, but you don't have to worry about like, you know, where it's contra, which like that, <laughs> that game is just ridiculous. I was like, hey, this will be pretty like pretty fun. And then three minutes later, we're dead. We have to start the whole game over. And I was like, OK, yeah. that was not fun. And I was trying all. to put the Konami code in. And I don't know if I was doing it wrong or yeah. what. Or they blocked it because they're smart now. <laughs> but don't, it's a legacy thing at this point. Come on. They're not going to do it. They're like, no. Like you, Give me you the got 50 away with lives. it for too long. <laughs> <laughs> and like but, the, uh, the thing I, I think I was, when we were talking about it earlier, when we were talking about like the difficulty level of these, I think a part of it was because a lot of these were arcade games. Yes. And people were like, well, we want your money. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay a little bit more every time you lose so that you can just give us more, like more money for playing this game and you'll eventually want to beat it, which is brilliant. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's right up there with like how like they don't how like Pokemon, you have to buy both games in order to collect all of them. That's genius. Yeah, it is really. And smart. it's the same thing. It's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, as I alluded to earlier with the whole debate of people like games are so much easier now than they were back then. I'm like, it's wanted your money. It's, it's a different form, too, because like the games now are designed around the idea of like replayability. Yes. It's uh, way like. A hard arcade game just wants to see how many quarters they can get out of you before you eventually just give up. Or when you finally beat it and you're like, all right, I'm going out on a win. I'm done. Screw this. I'm going home. And you're just, and they understood that. Right. Now, like you said, you only pay them up front once. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you know, we could talk about DLC, but that's a whole nother discussion. But um, you give them the however much you pay for the game, whether you buy it brand new or you wait till it's on sale, you paid them. Like, for instance, like, uh, when I played the Resident Evil 2 remake, I got it on sale for like 25 bucks. Uh, they're not going to get any more money out of me. Right. So they have to therefore make the game itself as good as possible to where I want to play it again as soon as it's over. Yeah. And another thing I think we should talk about, finish your thought, but uh, I wanted to talk about DLC. Finish your thought. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And just saying like, because like here, especially like, a, I can't remember if the Contra games were in the arcades. I don't think. They were. They were, that's right. So, like, Contra is the best example of it's that hard because they want you to keep spending quarters. Like, an emulator I had, I played uh, Metal Slug, and it's only through an emulator I can actually beat Metal Slug because you can just sit there and give yourself as many lives as you want. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the fun thing to do is when you get to the end of it, you count how many times you basically would have had to put in more quarters. And I think my friend and I, when we beat Metal Slug 3, we, we calculate how much money we would have had to spend 
to do what we just did. We're like, we both of us would have each have spent about seven dollars, yikes, and quarters to beat this game, which that's not that bad compared to like, I mean, well, it's a was lot. Like between two of us, so it's like that's fourteen dollars. Yeah, fourteen dollars just to beat this game. There was a uh, back where I lived. There was this place called Bull Weevil. I don't know if other places have that. I'm not familiar with it. So okay. Maybe. maybe it's just like a Ramona thing. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I had a, I would go there when I was a kid and one of my favorite things to do there was to play the metal slug arcade game that they had there. Mm-hmm. And I remember like you'd get a milkshake, you'd get like a burger and then you'd like, once you were like done or halfway done, you're like, Hey, can I like go play metal slug? Like, can I get like a dollar and go play? And like, that was like fond memories of that. Like I had a, a really great time doing that, but Oh, that's bring back so many memories now. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's the thing. It sounds like I'm complaining and like trying to, I don't know, like downplay some things from the past. It's just, we're just acknowledging what, how things were back then. We all look, I look back on it fondly. I yeah. have no regrets of how many quarters street fighters, like, you know, took out of my pocket, especially when I started feeling really good about myself. And then some guy just fucks up. That's twice my age. And just like, puts me six feet under because he knows how to play Honda really well. Right. For those that don't know, Honda was busted in that game. So, <laughs> uh, and, but I don't look back on that badly. Those are good memories. Right. This, this, I think the big thing for a lot of people, like when they're looking at getting uh, like a Sega Genesis mini is mostly just like the idea of like nostalgia factor. Cause nostalgia is like a very, very big thing right now. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, kind of like, looking for the eighties, like <laughs> however, whatever way they can, they want the eighties experience or the nineties experience. And I mean, that's why we're getting so many movies, like, especially with like with big examples, like big high profile examples and movies and TV shows, TV shows like stranger things is a big one. But yeah, you my nephew have... is obsessed with the eighties because of that show now. Right. Which don't be obsessed with the eighties. <laughs> well, like movies and stuff like he loves back to the future and all. And apparently at some point, I'm showing him Terminator. It's going to happen. Right. I mean, the movies are great from that time, but like, I feel like people are like, oh, man, I wish I was like around in the 80s. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, no, no, no. no. Like, don't go that far. Like, be happy that you live in the time you do now. So like appreciate what it produced. But like, just remember that it's it's literally in the past. And yeah. I think the cool thing about it is like people, for the most part, were like, I just want to like go back to like my childhood or like my teen mm-hmm. years or whenever they were around when they played this game. So there's like that huge selling factor for this. But for me, a lot of it is like being able to look back at a time when I was playing these games and I was a stupid little kid and I didn't really get it all that much. (laughs) And like being able to acknowledge, I'm like, wow, like you look at this compared to like what we have now, like with like lifelike detail and structure and like video games, Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy, but it's also like the same experience that you get out of it. Like I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog and I love playing the sonic game it's so (laughs) much fun i have the best time and it's not an easy game it's it's relatively hard like it's not like overwhelmingly it's not altered beast it's not shinobi 3 but (laughs) or dracula uh dracula's revenge oh gosh that That one actually you know about that game broke me i remember being (laughs) actually angered by that game but (laughs) understandable in a way that i never thought i could but Sonic the Hedgehog is a lot of fun. I think it's like the big, like it's Sega's, I think it's Sega's best-selling game. If I'm not mistaken, I hope I'm not it's either. Dis- it's either one or two. It's right. it's one of those. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say it's arguably their most popular in terms of just like overall mainstream media and everything yeah. that Sonic represents. But I I love that game and it holds up really well. Like you know the graphics are old. Yeah, like it looks crazy, but it's it's one of those games where like you play it and you're like, this is a fun alternative to like you know what Mario was at the time, without feeling like a complete copy. And oh yeah, I love that about it. For sure, and I mean it's why like when Sonic Mania got made. It was done in the same style as Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. But and people liked that, but it still brought in obviously things that Genesis could never do. But it still had that familiarity of like you're saying of like that nostalgia. And that's what I do like about these minis is that obviously, I mean, there's some people and we talked about this when we were playing, how I wish they could have like sold cartridge uh, like the Konami cartridge and it had like 10 more games on it and uh but i do like the list i do like them trying to do a list because one of the things we do forget is for every one good game there was like four or five really bad ones yep and (laughs) so when you're saying like i i I appreciate them actually taking the time trying to pick the games that will help people feel that nostalgic feeling you're talking about because the last thing you want people to do is to buy it go play like for instance like when the when the Nintendo mini first came out and it was the hottest selling thing ever. Like no one would have bought it if it had Jekyll and Hyde on it. Cause nope. that game is actually will actually make you never want to play a video game again. It is that bad. Imagine if they'd and, sold like an Atari mini and the only game that it came with was the ET game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pick and choose. And I'm, so, so I'm glad that like, while I may have my own personal, like, well, why'd they include this? Why didn't they include that? I appreciate them trying to like trim it down to what they think will appeal to the most people and have them just have that good feeling of when they were a kid or teenager or however old they were when they got a Genesis or played on it. Right. And I'm, I'm hoping to kind of recapture that uh, next time I play uh, Sonic the Hedgehog too, because that'll be my next big step that I play on my own that and ghouls and ghosts, which I'm sure will not make me upset at all <laughs> if you really think about it, but I, I'm really excited to playing that. And I'm I'm just curious, what do you think they'll do next? Cause I'm hoping like in conclusion, let's talk about like where we think they're going to go. Sure. I'm really uh, excited about maybe like a Sega, like not a Sega Genesis too. I'm sorry. I really just <laughs> copied myself, but like a Sega dreamcast. Cause then we could get Sonic adventures. <laughs> Please don't give me hope for things that may not happen. I, it's <laughs> but, possible. I mean, we, we I, did get the Sega Genesis Mini. <laughs> which is crazy because Sega had to go through a third-party company because they don't make consoles anymore. Right. That's uh, weird. Yeah. No, I know. Which is that that will eventually be an episode because especially after reading the book Console Wars, the rise and fall of Sega is one of the most depressing things. So I don't know if they want to make a Mini based on one of their big failures. But a Sega Dreamcast Mini? Oh my gosh. That would be... Because almost every game on the Dreamcast is kind of a classic. Right. When I think of the Dreamcast, I think of like... That was when I was like... I had friends who still had that at the time. Before like... Because my family got me a GameCube. But I remember like... Being able to play the Dreamcast. So I, I think that that would be more in line with like... Kind of what I grew up with. Which would be really, really exciting to have. And like... Like you were saying, like, 
I know you mentioned like about the Saturn, like it kind of came out at the same time as the PS one. And I don't think that they'll maybe go the route of releasing that because Mm -hmm. it could potentially be like a big failure for them. But like, well, it wouldn't be a failure for them. Let I correct that, that statement. (laughs) But (laughs) I, I think that maybe like they would be like, well, let's, you know, release stuff on things that people will remember super, super fondly. Exactly. And, yeah. You got to remember, like, remember fondly. And also a lot of those, like, uh, PS1, N64, and Sega Saturn graphics have not aged well. No. The, yeah. The graph, <laughs> I mean, if you need proof, go look at the PlayStation 1 Mini and see how bad Final Fantasy VII looks. I don't need to. I already know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, <But> boy. <laughs> the Sega Dreamcast Mini, those games still look really good. Mm-hmm. Uh and like I said, you, I mean, let's just, I can just rattle off. You could put, uh, uh, Sega, uh, uh, Sega, uh, Sonic Adventure one and two, you could put crazy taxi You can put jet set radio. You can put Sega bass pro fishing. Cause that was actually really fun. Sega virtual tennis was a blast. I mean, you can just, you could literally load that sucker up with like 45 games. Yeah. I mean, it would probably be a little bit more expensive simply because like the games then like, Obviously, it's not like a huge jump, but like even then the games are starting to get like, you know, they would have a higher like they're more towards like the higher megabytes closer to gigabyte kind of era. So like I would feel like they might actually release like fewer games and do like versions one and version two. But I mean, we'll have to see. I got my fingers crossed. I don't know about you. No, I'm please. I and if they put like a little I don't know. Because like the the original Dreamcast could actually go online, it, it was the very first console that could do it, mm-hmm. and it would be a nice little throwback if they put a little Ethernet port. And I don't know, maybe like you could have an online leaderboard with Crazy Taxi or something, and just a little something uh, to kind of help uh, have a nice little nod to the fact that Dreamcast could go online. Yeah, their own and, little servers that'd be fun. Yeah, and that's why it's like, but. It would be more not just be, it would be more because like you said, obviously the bigger games. So, I mean, obviously a 64 gig, like if they put a 64 gig, like a, a disc or like a memory card in there, it could still hold a ton of their games. Right. And yeah. The the big thing is having to rec- re- having to recreate those controllers mm-hmm. would cost a lot of money just right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and my big thing I'd be curious about is if they would actually come out with memory cards since mm-hmm. they were like little Tamagotchi things where they have a little screen you could interact and do stuff. I'm curious if they would actually like include that as well. I would hope so. That's probably why we're going to have to wait for one for a while because they're probably yeah. working out like, you know, just, you know, ironing out the wrinkles and figuring out like, how do we do this? How do we sell? How do we offer more than just you know what the Sega Genesis Mini does? Which I mean, the Sega Genesis Mini offers exactly what it needs to, but now it's like, do we take it another step further, or do we keep it simple? And I I don't know. I they have my money either way. So (laughs) (laughs) as long as it's not like you know like unusable, which you know that is what it is. But like they they have my money pretty much when it comes to this. I'm excited. Oh yeah, I mean if they if it. I'm not expecting it to come out of 42 games like the Genesis did because I mean, they could, but here's the sad thing is the Dreamcast only lasted three years mm-hmm. before they shut it down. That's so, sad. That's too bad. 
yeah, there's a whole history there. But um, so, but they could easily put like, I would think make it anywhere from like eighty, ninety dollars, but have like thirty games on there, mm-hmm. and let it go online. If for nothing else, online leaderboards. Yeah, and, just for fun, or even if they're like fake leaderboards, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of computer or like developer scores that you have to beat. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love to see tournaments with that. But like either way, it's been pretty fun talking about this. We'll have to revisit it either way. But I wanted to thank you guys for joining us today and, you know, being out here and supporting us and welcome you back to the show after a little sabbatical that we took. And I cannot wait to talk about next week's episode, which we will reveal next week. (laughs) Surprise, (laughs) surprise. But then again, thank you guys so much for being our audience and for listening to our podcast and looking forward to hearing your guys' feedback and I hope that we can continue to have you guys join us on our journey of going back into the future and looking forward to the present. And once again, I'm Austin Cook. I am Caleb McLemore. And we are the Internet World Order. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye-bye. See you guys.